Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Tuesday, April 13th. My friends, I wish you every joy. I, I, I hope that you uh, just still continue to be filled with the hope and the joy, uh, the excitement of the resurrection uh, during not only these 50 days that we celebrate the Easter season, but, but beyond. Uh, it is the root of of who God is and therefore who we are in, in God, all of creation, actually, which is so good, so good. So uh, the gospel today will continue. Uh, you know, yesterday we read John chapter 3, 1 through 8. If we were going to read the gospel today, and I'm not, uh, it would continue. It would go John. It actually starts at 7 again and goes to 15. Um is similar themes as what we talked about yesterday. So I, I'm going to jump to Acts of the Apostles. I'll talk about why. Uh, in fact, you may well have heard this gospel this last weekend. Certainly the first part of, I'm sorry, the first reading this past weekend. Uh, the first part of it is the same reading. So we are going to read out of Acts of the Apostles, starting with chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. So let's break open God's word. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. The community of believers was of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they had everything in common. With great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great favor was accorded them all. There was no needy person among them, For those who owned property or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds of the sale, and put them at the feet of the apostles, and they were distributed to each according to need. Thus Joseph, also named by the apostles Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite, a Cypriot by birth, sold a piece of property that he owned then brought the money and put it at the feet of the apostles. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, just one little offhand aside, you know, at the end here, uh, the, the part that was added on at the end that we did not hear this Sunday uh, in our first reading is talks about thus Joseph, also named by the apostles Barnabas, uh, you know, just a little backstory, how he sold his property, brought the proceeds. Um, two reasons I think they give us that. One is Barnabas is introduced to us. Uh, and Barnabas is the first companion of Paul, right? Now, we don't know that yet. This is just setting the stage for what's going to happen uh, if memory serves me eight to nine chapters down. I want to say it's in 13, but don't quote me on that. We may get to that in a couple of weeks when Barnabas and Paul are sent on their first mission. Uh, And so we hear uh, him introduced as a holy man within the community, somebody who's willing to sell property and get bring everything, put it at the feet of the apostles, let them distribute it as needed. Secondly, it reminds us that back in those days, it seems like everybody had two names, sometimes three. This is Joseph, also named by the apostles Barnabas. It's like, come on, people, 
can't you just go by one name? I mean, at least it wasn't Matthias who had three names, but, uh, but God love them all. Um, I don't know how God could even keep these people straight half the time. Uh, okay. Why am I reading out of this today? Uh, one, it's just a great reading. Uh, Acts of the Apostles uh, is such a good book. The first half of it anyway is terrific. It just gives such a good uh, glimpse of the early church. The second half is tremendous, but it follows Paul. And you're going to see him traveling, you know, walking, getting shipwrecked, you know, getting kicked out of cities, getting beaten, you know, this, that, and the other thing, which is great. You know, it's it's just, you know, it, it just really kind of funnels down into into a book about Paul, which is okay because Luke, the writer of Acts, uh, was one of the companions of Paul and, and therefore would know firsthand the stories. And, and Paul slash Saul is one of the, if not the most amazing uh, disciple of Christ. And, um, and to follow him and learn more about him is amazing. So if you've not read Acts of the Apostles, read it sometime, my friends. It's absolutely worth reading. But, but why I wanted to read it was... Um, talking, remember yesterday I talked about the effects of resurrection. Had we read the gospel today, we would have heard Jesus, and he, and he started this yesterday. It was, it was the overlap, uh, the, the part that he ended with yesterday's gospel and, and would have started today. But it talks about the wind. Uh, he says, you know, it, it, when we're born from above, it's like we're born from the spirit, and, and he used both those terms. Um, it's like the wind. You don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. But ultimately, that uh, doesn't change the fact that it is ever present. And we see its effects around us. So it is with one who is born by the Spirit. And so, my friends, we see the effects of the resurrection on this early church. The community of believers was of one heart and mind. Remember the last prayer that Jesus prayed for, uh, particularly in John's gospel in those five chapters, uh, the Last Supper discourse from John 13 through 17. Uh, I believe it's in 16. So virtually his last prayer that he prays is, I pray that they may be one, Father, that as you and I are one. You know, and uh, in, in one of the Gospels, and, and again, I, I, it might be John, but forgive me, I, I didn't do research on this beforehand, where, where Jesus looks at Peter after Peter says, hey, listen, I'll go with you, I'll even die with you. And he says, Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but when you have returned, have come back, um, gather all the apostles, bring, bring them all together. Now, again, that's my paraphrasing, but that's, that's what Jesus is pointing toward. Um, and that, that idea of oneness. Um, and, and here we see it. Again, the effects of the resurrection, the effects of they're not living in fear anymore behind those locked doors. Uh, and I love this it, it, right away. Gosh, it might be the second line here. So the community of believers were of one heart and mind. They claimed no possessions as, as their own, held everything in common. With great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Remember we talked last week, right? Paul VI had that wonderful quote about how the world listens better to witnesses than it does teachers. And if it does listen to teachers, it listens to them only because first and foremost, they are witnesses. I love that distinction. 
And it doesn't mean we, we don't teach. Of course we do. But it means we first must bear witness. And, and we bear witness by how we live as a unique community. We have to be something that the world... Because if we live exactly as the world lives, what on earth is it we are bringing to the world, right? But if somehow we carry something... <clears throat> we carry a truth, by the way. I mean, let's not just live differently from the world to be different. That, that makes, who cares? Anybody can be different. But if we carry a truth about the reality of who God is and what reality is, because ultimately there's one truth, right? It, that all stems from God. Um, and we bear witness to that. We bear witness to that. With great power, the apostles bore witness to the resurrection. They didn't just talk about it. They didn't just believe it in their head. It affected their very being. They bore witness to the resurrection in how they lived, and everybody could see it. Great favor was accorded them all. Isn't that something? Now, brothers and sisters, before we get too far over our skis here and say, ah, that early church was amazing, and I look at the church today, and we're anything but amazing. This is Acts chapter 4 we're reading. Keep reading. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't mean to, to put them down. This is a great reading because it sets up the ideal for us, what it means to bear witness to the gospel, what it means to live that resurrection, because we are of one heart and mind. But if we keep reading... <laughs> it might be as early as, you know, the next chapter. If it's not five, it's certainly six. Why? Because, um, oh yeah, the Greek uh, widows aren't getting their distribution. And so we have to set up the diaconate to make sure that the, it's going to be fair. So there's, there's power issues that, that go into play in the early church. There are Gentile versus Jew issues that go into play, which is what I'm talking about in chapter six, that the Greek widows, they would be Gentiles. Uh, we're not going to give them as much as, as we get. Why? Because they're not part of us. They're not real followers of Christ. They're Gentile followers, not the Jewish followers. That's my interpretation of, of how that, that came to be. But I don't think I'm too far from the mark here. Uh, there are going to be sexism issues. There are going to be um, uh, issues of who's got money and who doesn't. If you don't think there is, just listen to Paul when he gets to, to 1 Corinthians. Oh, go to chapter 11 and talk about eating the, the, the meal, the, the, um, the breaking of the bread unworthily. Uh, why? Because some of you have food and others go without, and they didn't have the same communities. Brothers and sisters, what we see here is the ideal, and what we see here is the, the early church in its honeymoon phase. And to their absolute credit, they are living it well, and everybody sees it. But they fall out of that soon enough. And I don't say, oh, good, well, then we don't have to live that way either. No, we're set here. Luke gives us the ideal in chapter 4 as something to strive toward because that's the effect of the resurrection is that oneness. It's what we are looking for. It's what we strive to be. And, and brothers and sisters, 
if we keep reading Acts and we see all those factions that take place and the ways, again, that, that Satan is going to try to divide the church, because, of course, divide and conquer, that whole Machiavellian strategy is real. And, uh, and we must not allow ourselves to be divided. And, and we must live that Trinitarian unity, right? And we can't do it without the Trinity, the presence of the Spirit within us. The, 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 how the Trinity lives in that, that uh, threeness yet oneness, that unity of them, is what the church takes its model from. That, that difference, that, that threeness, but yet that oneness. And brothers and sisters, we can look at the church today and how many do look at the church today and are disillusioned with it. How many look at it and say, if this is what it means to follow Christ, look at them. Look at what they've done. I mean, goodness sakes, I can just talk about the Catholic church here in the last 20 years. And, and, and check one, check two, check three, how we've blown it here, we've blown it here, we've blown it here. Time and again, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. And I'm amazed, actually, how good people are and how faithful people are. And, and, and they do come back, but we've lost so many. And I know it's not just the Catholic Church. It is the church beyond. It, it is our brothers and sisters uh, who are also hemorrhaging and losing people for issues uh, of their own. And they say, how can I be part of that? Look at what its fruits are. I get it. I get it. But brothers and sisters, read Acts of the Apostles. Don't just stop here at four. Read beyond. And, and, and read how we, we've, we, we have to um, be this community set apart, and we have to be men and women who who invite that oneness. Because there, to be a part of an institution in this world is to be a part of something that has faction in it, that has dissension in it, that has breakage in it. You know, as as uh, the uh, the poem says by Keats, things fall apart. Right? That might be Yeats. You're probably talking to me. I, I don't know my Irish poets. <laughs> Things fall apart. Because by virtue of being human, we carry sin within us. We carry that which separates us from God, from ourselves, from one another. But brothers and sisters, here's my last point I'll make. This is how you and I are invited to love we are not invited to love from afar. We're not invited to love in perfection. If all I had to do was love a community of believers who are of one heart and one mind, that would be incredibly easy, wouldn't it? Because they're fully uh, living the resurrection, and that's easy to love and be a part of that. But it doesn't call much out of me. It's easy to love somebody from a distance because from a distance, you know what? They look really good over there. But it's only when I get up close and see them for who they are and see all the warts on them and, and hear them in how they speak and how they treat and, and, and smell them and, and it may be uncomfortable and unsettling. Huh. Why am I even saying them? It's easy to love me from a distance, but all one needs to do is, is get up close 
and realize you may get caught up in this storm. And that's not an easy place to be. But as a former pastor of mine and a wonderful friend, Father Roger Schmidt, used to say, a Benedictine, so you you can tell, Benedictines know what they're talking about, especially when it comes to this subject. Salvation, he says, is realized in community. Why do Benedictines know that? Because they live in community. Salvation is realized in living in community because it's in community. When we see the warts and everyone and everything around them, that we choose to love, that we choose to love and we choose to uh, treat with dignity and respect Um, because that's when love is real. It is not, uh, it's easy, I think, to love somebody in the idea of them. I can, I, we can love the idea of community, uh, but, but it's much harder to love in community. Dorothy Day used to say that all the time, right? Don't romanticize the poor. Um, to love them is to get down and, and to be with them with all the smells and sounds. Uh, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis that alludes to this. Uh, it says, don't waste time. Uh, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you do, and you will presently come to love them. Let me, let me say that again because I did that incredibly stammeringly. Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you do, and you will presently come to love them. That's from mere Christianity. My friends, I've said this before. Love is not a feeling. Because if, if, if I have to feel good to love this community around me, I'm in trouble. Love is a decision. That's where Lewis is pointing. It's where the Holy Spirit is pointing. It's where the Trinity points. In our differences, we love and yet are one. The community of believers were of one heart and mind, but not for long. They fell out of their honeymoon pretty quickly. But the church is still around, brothers and sisters. It's why you and I are even part of this podcast and listening to God's word because they help bring it to us and you and I have to bring it to the other people. We now have to bear witness, bear witness of the resurrection. And we do that by loving those and choosing to love those who may or may not be lovable because you know the truth of the matter is you and I may or may not, according to the day and depending on the day, be lovable either. Yet I praise God that God loves me I praise God that those near me continue to love me. Let us pray. Again, let's bring any intentions that we have before our uh, blessed mother, my friends. And so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. Mary visits Elizabeth. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, bless you. Uh, be of one heart and mind as best you can, well, with the Spirit's guidance, only with the Spirit's presence, with those around you today. May we love one another well. God's peace. <laughs>